Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Tyler Head and Gamecock Central on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. All right, and welcome in to the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Chris Clark along with you this morning. Our special guest today, I'll make sure I pronounce this name right, Damola Salami from Gamecock Men's Soccer. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Damola Salami. Thanks okay. for having me. No problem. We're excited to have you here. I wanted to make, I, I don't, I hate messing people's names up. I checked with Chris earlier. I'm like, I just want to make sure I pronounce this right. Yeah, you're doing well. A lot, of, uh, lot of pressure because I had to do like the phonetic spelling over text. Yep. So it's like, how do you kind of do it? But Damola's like, yeah, it's like the meat. <laughs> yep, it One is. of my faves, by the way. Like a good Italian sandwich? Really? I'm not actually it. a fan of it. Really? I don't like it. Nope. Is it just because you're uncomfortable because it's I, your name? I or? think so. I heard it so much when I was a kid. Just never liked it growing up. If you want some good salami, go to Firehouse Subs. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good plug there, Tyler. Now, we're excited to have you, though, man. Uh, we have one of your teammates on um, not too long ago, Adam Luckhurst. Big Tony and on fans, you know we t- we talked we talked about that. He's on the early game with uh, Bill and Preston and Jen, you know a good bit as well. And so we got a lot to dive into with you. Um, we were talking off air in the studio before we came in about a bunch of things like big picture, like college soccer things. Um, looking back on some of the athletes that you have had come through your high school actually in Atlanta, at Greater Atlanta Christian, and then of course kind of the future here at South Carolina. So. A lot of that stuff, a lot to get into, but um, let's start with this. Let, let's get to know you a little bit before we kind of dive into your uh, young career here at South Carolina. Um, tell us how you got to got here, basically. Like, kind of, how did the process go um, with with Coach Tony bringing you here? Well, I think it's important to start off with just how the process kind of works for college soccer. Yeah. So, in football and basketball and other sports, sometimes you see like guys like getting interest early in high school like schools reaching out to them but for soccer like no coach can legally contact you until june 15th going into your junior year of high school so it's like it kind of keeps you on your toes like the entire process of high school so like you're constantly sending out emails before then like to every coach you're trying to go you're trying to go play for them so i would say on that June 15th date, just a lot of schools like normally reach out to some of the bigger players. And so then from then on, you're just at every showcase, every tournament, you're just waiting to hear from any coach really who's interested in you and you're hoping they get back to you. So I would say probably my the summer going into my senior year of high school, my um, my club team, NASA, back in Atlanta, we were going to... I believe it was North Carolina for ECNL playoffs. And Tony had actually just texted, he texted me. So Tony comes from Atlanta United. So like I knew who Tony was, but like 
I had never actually had a conversation with him, but he reached out to me over text like about a week before I headed out to North Carolina. He was like, hey man, this is Tony. Um, I was the former director of Atlanta Atlanta United and now I'm at South Carolina and interested to have you on a visit. We like you. And so I was like, wow, okay. Like I know who he is. Like sounds like a cool opportunity. So I immediately got on top of that. So we set up a visit and then actually while I was at Nationals too, he came and watched a few of my games, him and some of the staff. And so that was good. I got to meet him, talk to him a little bit. Then I, I came on the visit and I would say like me, my family, like we were just captivated by the campus. We loved it. We thought the school was a great, was going to be a great fit for me. The facilities we were blown away by Tony, Alec, Tam, they were all great guys. We liked them. And so, yeah, I think after that visit, I was really sold on coming here. Like I had a couple more visits afterwards that I was supposed to go on, but I really didn't want to go. I just wanted to come here after I came here the first time. Was that your first visit? No, it was actually okay. my third visit. Okay. So I had gone on two prior visits before then. I can't really remember if it was before or after um, our Nationals games, mm-hmm. but I had gone on two prior visits. The first one to Charleston and then the second one to UCF. Okay. And so, yeah, when I came here, it was just, wow. Now, really. you considered, according to your bio on GamecocksOnline.com, you considered some Ivy League schools too, or they considered you, <laughs> Bo- or vice versa, you know, both of those things. Yeah, so the Ivy League interest really came after um, I went to Nationals. So a few of the schools had reached out to me. Um, Cornell, Princeton just were a couple. And so at the time, I was just like, uh, I don't really think that's for me. Like, I want to go to SEC school. I want to mm-hmm. come play here at this this school and I I ended up not going on those visits I just I said thanks but I'm not currently interested in that so yeah yeah, I chose here you mentioned Coach Anna being with Atlanta United meaning that you are from Atlanta obviously knowing him from that how much of an influence with his you know presence in Major League Soccer previously before coming here did that have an effect on you choosing South Carolina so yeah I mean I would say that was one of the biggest reasons I ended up choosing here because really any if you ask anyone on our team coming in what's your goal it's to go to the next level that's the most most athletes in college that's their answer so when I when I came on my visit Tony like explained to me the connections he could have and what kind of teams he could put us in over the summer to train with and so that really caught my eye because I want to go pro most players on our team want to go pro so like when you hear stuff like that it really it really makes you want to come to the school because some some other coaches have connections. But another thing with Tony is not only does he have his MLS connections, he also has connections overseas since he's from England, obviously. So he has connections there too. So it opens it opens you to having more opportunities by playing for him. And and that just means with, with those connections, <clears throat> is that something as simple as just him? being able to vouch for you and for his other players to some of these pro clubs yeah you obviously have to he he would vouch for you but obviously you still have to earn that yeah, that right yeah. to get vouched for like if you're if you're playing well and he thinks that you'll be able to back up what what he's going to say about you then yeah he'll reach out for you he'll stick his, his he'll stick his neck out for you and try and help you i think that was interesting what you said about the recruiting kind of timeline like 
So it seems like men's and women's soccer may be a little different because some of the women's players have told us if you commit like as a sophomore in high school, that's like late, really, right? Yeah, so actually one of my good friends back in high school, she committed her fresh, literally, yeah, freshman year of high school, like maybe the first month into like Ohio State. And so I know since then they've changed that rule. Okay. So they used to... They used to allow women's t- uh, women's players to get recruited early on in the process, but I know they've changed it a little bit um, lately, and so now it's the same as us. I'm I'm pretty sure. Is that better? Do you think? I think so. I think it allows every player to develop until a certain point in time, and then everyone gets recruited at the same at the same time. And I also think it's better for schools too, because sometimes you may end up recruiting someone a little early, and then. Four years down the line, you don't really know how someone can pan out. You change a lot from your freshman yeah. year in high school to your freshman year in college. That's what we talked about. Yep. It's, it's, and same in baseball. You yeah. know, like 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds committing, and you, you kind of have to do it that way because of how the rules are structured, but it's tough for everybody. Mm-hmm. Did you even think about college a lot as a high school freshman? <laughs> like, Kind of like, what is college? You know, I mean, I mean I it was like, you knew, you knew that's where you were going kinda, after high school, but yeah. I didn't really have it on my mind, like, oh, where am I going to go? I didn't really start thinking about that until like junior year, junior yeah. second semester. So, um, When you talked about getting noticed, you know, you mentioned your club team and these tournaments. Are those in, in the kind of college soccer recruiting world, are those types of showcases, is that, I guess, the, the best, most effective way you get recruited? Like, do you have coaches that just, hey, I'm just going to go to this, a GAC game, like Greater Atlanta Christians. Like, do you see that a lot? No. 100% (laughs) club competition is the number one. It's a common misconception. Like, people are like, oh, how come you didn't play high school? Or are you not getting recruited in high school? It's not like football at all. You don't, like, no no coach goes to high school games, really. It's not very common. Um, It's not efficient, right? The only time it happens, honestly, is, like, prep school. Prep school, they'll come to those games because it's a little different. But, like, normally the best players are playing in either ECNL or MLS Next where you can't even play uh, for high school at all. So, yeah, it's definitely at those club competitions that you get recruited. So off of that, if high school isn't, like, a good standard to base talent off of, how do you know if you're good enough to play in some of these other leagues while you're still that young? Um, Honestly tryouts they'll let you know there's different teams so like there's probably about four teams at each club that you can make um and also like you normally know by high school if if you're good enough to play for those teams or not because most of the kids have been playing since like five six seven Mm -hmm. and so like there's a kid every here and there who's like 10 11 they start and they end up just being really good but like normally by high school you have a pretty good understanding of like where you fit when did you start? When I was three. Three? Yeah. Jeez. And what, like, what league? I, I mean, seriously, like, I, I'm not trying to be funny. Like, I, I coach, that's a very loose term, by the way. So I coach my two girls who are <laughs> mm-hmm. seven and eight in our church league. Yeah. And um, if you ever want to come help, please. Um, but, but, like, three-year-olds in soccer, like, it's just funny because, like, if you can even keep, like, a six- or seven-year-old from, like, just running, running off the field, you know, like, if you can keep them on the field, you're a great coach. But, like, how does it, what does that even look like to start at three? So when I say I started playing at three, I mean, I, like, that's the first time I was introduced to soccer. You're, like, like picking up a ball. So it's yeah. exactly like what you're saying. Church league, I was yeah. soccer, like, running through all the sports, really. Mm-hmm. I would say around 
six or seven is when I started playing rec. Maybe I was five, started playing rec. And then by eight, I was playing like academy for like a club. And that was like a little bit more competitive. Like you didn't really keep track of where you were in standings. But then when you're about 10, it was like, okay, first place, second place, third place. You're going to tournaments and stuff. So, yeah. All right, going to hit our first time out, come back on the other side, continue our conversation with Damola Salami of the Gamecock men's soccer team here on the Garnet Trust Hour on 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Uh, yeah. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Chris Clark, along with you today's special guest, Damola Salami of the Gamecock men's soccer team. And for the break there, we were talking about how you got your start in soccer at the young age of three. Uh, who introduced you to the game of soccer? Was it a family thing? Like, how did you really get started with the sport? Uh, it was really just a family thing. So, like I said, my parents really had me and my brother, who's like a year younger than me, just in and out of sports. So, we just tried everything together, and soccer just stuck for the both of us, and we both just got on from there. When did you or someone from your family or a coach kind of make it known that, like, yeah, you're pretty good, like you're going to probably go play, go do this for a while? I would say the first time I recognized I was like, okay, I may be a little <laughs> good at this would be when I was nine. I was playing for, so like, like I said before, so at clubs, there's there's four different teams normally. Mm-hmm. So it was my first year of tryouts. Like I was gonna go. And I was like, I told my dad before. Like I started crying. I was like, I really hope I make a team here. He's like, It's okay. I already paid for the year. You'll make a team. <laughs> so that made me a little bit more comfortable going in. But um, we had actually missed the original tryouts because mm-hmm. we were out of town. So I was doing like a second tryout where. All the teams were really full at that point, but I didn't know. So after the tryouts, they called my dad like about a day or two later. They were like, hey, your son made the bronze team, which is the third team. But in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I made a team. So like, I was super excited. Like, I can't wait to play. And so I would say probably about two months into the season, um, it was going well. Like, I didn't really care. We were just having fun. Like, what nine-year-olds do, run around the field, and you hope you score. Yeah. So. Um, I ended up finishing the season with like 56 out of 80 of my team's goals. And I remember at every game, the under 10s coach for the next year for the top team, he would come to the, he would come watch my game and then he would drive off after the game. And I kept seeing him. And so then one day after the game, he was driving off and he saw me. So he stopped and he looks at me and goes like, you'll have a future in this. You're going to be on my team next year. And so I was like, huh. Maybe maybe this is for me. And that was the top yeah, team for the next what? year. So, Wow. I was like, okay. Okay. So um, m- more on soccer here shortly, but I have to take us on a, on a little bit of a detour mm-hmm. to some other sports. We're, we're talking off air here during the break, and I asked you, you know, what else you like to watch? You like to watch a lot of different sports. Tyler, we have a Formula One fan All right. in the house. Now we're talking. <laughs> yep. So I'll I'll let y'all riff on that for a little while because I I, I have no we're talking about NASCAR <laughs> Formula One big difference obviously oh very big NASCAR. difference yes I'm a I'm a motorsports enthusiast myself gotcha <laughs> who's your favorite Formula One driver my favorite Formula uh, One driver is Charles Leclerc okay that's yeah 
a lot of like very like at like uh, I don't I'm trying to think of the right word here like casual fans mm -hmm. would just say like Lewis Hamilton or maybe more recently like Max Verstappen Leclerc that's a good pull. <laughs> Man, I, I do not like Max Verstappen. You don't like Max Verstappen. My dad's the one who introduced <laughs> me, and he loves Lewis Hamilton. So whenever I see Max Verstappen, I'm not a happy man. I'll say that oh, much. You're going to be very unhappy for the rest of this season, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he looks good. He looks really good. How, how long have you been an F1 fan? Oh, I would say probably just a little under two years now. Okay. Um, like I said, my dad introduced it. To me, I watched the Netflix documentary. I was just so about to I ask if Drive to Survive pulled you into it. Yeah, it was, I think that's what pulled most fans into it, honestly. Yeah. I've been a casual observer for a long time, really? and honestly, the show didn't really get me into it. I was working a job a couple years ago where I had to be up really early on Sundays. Most of the races start at 8, 9 in the yeah. morning, so I was like, may as well watch this and just kind of got sucked into it. But That's um, a funny way to get into it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a different kind of racing it took a little bit of time to get used to it for me for sure because i mean growing up i would see nascar on the tv every now and then and i'm not a huge fan of it but formula one i don't know why it was just a lot different to me maybe because i got to engage with the drivers through the show a little bit but right i liked it now a lot of people consider formula one to be the soccer of motorsports would you say <laughs> it's an apt comparison <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I mean, some of those crashes look pretty bad, so I wouldn't say how it's a soccer motor. What do you mean by that? Well, I think people on like a global scale, because like oh, a NASCAR, oh. IndyCar are very much American, and you know there's oh, yeah, some yeah. some international appeal. But for the most part, F1 is obviously worldwide, and it's kind of thought of as the higher class of motorsports, similar to how soccer, like from a national, from a worldwide perspective, is like okay, soccer is a bigger deal than football or baseball, and seen as more of the I guess classier sport. I think, in some I think, respects. Oh, okay. I, th I think Demola thought you were making like a soft. Yeah, no, I did. I thought you were saying not, soft. Not like, not like I would that. agree that's with you not, on this. That's point. not what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Soccer definitely not soft. That that drives me crazy when people. It gets say a bad that. rap, man. It does. It's just not a soft sport. I don't think so. But I mean, I, I appreciate the conditioning it takes to play soccer because there's no TV timeouts. There's no like. Yeah. You know, run a football play and wait another eleven seconds. Those kind of things. You're going the yeah. entire time. That takes a different kind of strength. You you never stop running, and honestly, for me personally, you never get used to it. It's just the sport of running, <laughs> and before every game, you just know, like, hey, I'm about to run a few miles here, and hopefully, we win too. So, so. you don't you don't like like the running aspect. I mean, you're a goal scorer, so I, I mean, you do some running. You know, you got to run to score, but like. You don't really enjoy that part? I would say that, obviously, when you're running towards the goal, like you're through on goal, it's just you. Like, you have a little bit more motivation. But a lot of the game is, like, off-the-ball movement, honestly. And so, yeah. like, especially pressing, that's one thing that's been heavily emphasized since I've been here. And so, it's just a lot of work off the ball. And Tony always says that if you don't want to run, you're not going to play. So, <laughs> it's the truth, though. You have to be able to run to, to maintain, like, a starting position or any sort of playing time in the sport, sport of running. How do y'all condition? I mean, is it more, is it like a combo of sprint and distance running and then just training, like practice? Like what's kind of the combo of how you get yourselves into shape? So a lot of work goes in in the summer off season on your own when you're with the team captains and stuff in the gym. So I would say a lot of it is like quick, like half field sprints, I would say, and just like, 10, 15 of those. I would say 
a major one that's really gotten me in shape, honestly, is something our our strength and conditioning coach calls Vegas. We go on the bikes in the gym, and he pulls out a deck of cards, and you you pick a card, and then... You go on the bike, and so if, say if it's a black, um, if a black card like a six, mm-hmm. six, uh, six of spades comes on, then you're on the bike. Ten seconds, you burn ten calories, and it'll show you. And it sounds easy, and you do probably like three or five about three or five of them. But if you ask anyone on our team what their least favorite workout is, it's probably that. It's one of the hardest things you'll have to do, and it and works. It works. It works. It'll get you in shape, but it's not fun. We'll keep, this, of it. we'll keep this conversation going on the other side. As we hit this break, though, I want to let you know that Monster Jam is coming to Columbia, to Colonial Life Arena, April 22nd and 23rd for the Arena Championship Series. Exper- experience world-class drivers showing off crazy skills and head-to-head battles for the championship. Again, coming to Colonial Life Arena, April 22nd and 23rd. Keep it locked right here on 107.5 The Game as we'll be giving away tickets as the week goes along. Don't call right now, but later on today, we will have a family four-pack of tickets to give away. But if you don't want to win those tickets, you can also go online and register to win a family four-pack of tickets and four-pack of pit passes at 1075thegame.com. We'll be right back with the Garnet Trust Hour right here on 107.5 The Game. And welcome back in to the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Chris Clark, along with you, our special guest today, Demola Salami of the Gamecock men's soccer team and we were talking about conditioning before that last break there is there a difference in the conditioning level you need to have to play at the club league level in high school compared to what you need in uh, college yes there is a massive difference between all three too in high school I would say you don't need to be conditioned at all we would actually never do conditioning in high school soccer and club you need to be fairly conditioned like you're not if you're not able to run it's going to be fairly obvious and then in college it's just it's a drastic difference i would say it's probably for me it was one of the hardest things i had to struggle with coming in as a freshman and i wasn't really aware about of it but it's it's definitely much different here plus um another detour i I feel like i keep doing that (laughs) but we keep talking about all these interesting things off air you were telling me so you grew up Mainly in Atlanta, but you were born in New Jersey. Correct. Okay, so you like New York sports teams. So you like the Giants. Big NFL guy. We were sitting here talking about who the Panthers may take at number one. Um, Who do you want the Giants to take, by the way? I want us to get Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know if he'll Mm, fall to us, though. But I hope we can get it. What pick number do the Giants have? I'm pretty sure we're 25. Okay, yeah, you're down there a little bit. You a a big Danny Dimes fan? (laughs) Before last season, absolutely not. (laughs) Last season, I think he earned the right to to get another year or two. I'm not sure about the massive contract we just gave him, but either you're either releasing a guy or giving him a massive contract yeah. nowadays. Yep, that's um, what that's no what the game's coming to. It is what it's coming to. Yeah. Okay, so who else? So uh, NBA, you like NBA too? Yep. So Knicks, Knicks, getting into tough it. existence for yeah. a while. I've tried not to follow too much. <laughs> But this season, clinch playoffs already. We're looking better. So, Any others? Like, Are those the main two? I'm trying to get into MLB. And I feel bad okay. because I would just hop on the Yankees. And uh-huh. that's kind of unfair. You should be a Braves fan. No, yeah, you should be. I, I can't, though. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to do an Atlanta team. Yeah, you don't want to split your allegiances? No. And 
Ever since I saw that Falcons Patriots Super Bowl, I told myself I wouldn't follow an Atlanta team. Oh, well, we, 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 they've since reversed it a little bit. I'm from Georgia myself. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I'm from. You're familiar with Covington is? Yeah, I'm yep. from Covington. Gotcha. Yeah, he's he telling me um, that he was not a Rutgers college football fan. Nobody is. is. <laughs> That was a very I've, I've yet, lots I've of good to, decisions. I've yet to meet one in my life, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, no one should do that. Yeah, no one should do that. Which is that. funny because they're the ones that played in the first college football game in like 1869 really? against Princeton. I did like, not know that. That's the birth of college football. <sighs> and sometimes when they play, it looks like the death of college football. <laughs> it looks pretty, pretty bad. Um, all right, so let's get let's get this one from you. Y- y'all were talking earlier about how a lot of people got like introduced to Formula One. So like my introduction to actually watching soccer I, I still don't watch like mls can you do mls i can't do MLS. okay yeah just not good enough it. all right that's exactly what luckhurst said yeah. so i um was is tony offended by that if you say that by the way oh uh, i don't really know <laughs> honestly <laughs> you should try it see what he says about that but my introduction to soccer was um a world cup i turned it on one year can't remember what year that would have been 10 maybe I, I don't know and i was like this is awesome you know i never really watched it so i watched that and then it's exactly what you said, Tyler, like early in the morning. So I'd be waiting for college game day to come on at nine. Mm-hmm. And as soccer's continued getting more and more TV spots, like what can I watch at eight that's not like uh, a cartoon with my kids and Premier League's on? Yeah. Like, this is also awesome. Premier League, man. It's <laughs> fascinating. I love it. Ever since like maybe 12, 11, maybe, me and my brother, me, my brother, and my dad. We'll probably watch every weekend. Every weekend. We all support different teams, too, which keeps it interesting. So Who's your team? Oh, I, oh. I, <laughs> I like Manchester United, so I normally get the I get the most hate from the other two. My brother's a Man City fan, and my dad's a Chelsea fan, so they've both seen success recently, and we haven't, but we're on the come up, and we're going to be back. What are your thoughts on Arsenal? Uh, you know, I really liked them beforehand. Not like support them. I thought they were a cool team. Uh, the documentary was cool, and now they're in first place, and I don't like them anymore. They make, they make us look bad every time we play <laughs> lately. Our, our midday host, Jay, is a huge Arsenal fan. Yeah. Hope you don't want to. He'll, he'll, he'll irritate you. <laughs> Kat Berry from the women's team mm. hates Arsenal. Really? I think she's Man United, I too. think she was Man United. Yeah, that would Man make United. sense. Yeah, she absolutely hates Arsenal. Like, can't even mention it around her. So your, your hate, not as strong nope. uh, for those guys. All right, let, let's do a little bit more uh, off the off the pitch, so to speak, with you. Mm-hmm. Um, give us your your worst slash most controversial sports take. Do you have like a um, LeBron's better than MJ, or do you have a? Um, it can be anything. Kind of putting you on the spot a little bit. It's my Premier League take, and if you ask anyone who knows me, they'll tell you. But Marcus Rashford on Manchester United is the best player in the world. Ooh. That's my take. That is my take. I, I, I mean, I feel like I have to defer to you because your soccer knowledge would be way higher than mine. But that that does seem a little rough. Now, what do you base that off of? <laughs> <laughs> that's the question I don't like. <laughs> I mean, honestly, is he? No, probably not. But I w- I do think he's the best winger in the league, the Premier League. People will say it's Saka and Arsenal, but I think it's Marcus Rashford. He's the most direct, most skillful, best shot by far of any other winger, and. It's the most entertaining to me, so I don't know what beats that. That's not that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, all right, let's talk about food a little bit. Worst food take. You have like weird combos, uh, 
things that you should like. That I have you don't. one. I have one that I started here, and people don't seem to like it: eggs, hash browns, and ketchup. I love it. I, I mm-hmm. fail to see what's wrong with that. I mean, it right? seems pretty normal. That's a standard Waffle House order. Yeah, that's what I said. Waffle House. Everyone in Georgia, you go to Waffle House after the Friday night game, you get that. It's amazing. But here, I go to the breakfast in the morning, put some eggs on my plate, some hash browns, put some ketchup on it. And so everyone's just looking at me like, what are you doing? Are I'm you like, putting the ketchup directly on the eggs? Because a lot of people feel that's yeah. controversial. I'm putting it all over everything and shaking yeah. it up. Okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think it's okay. That's not bad, but see, I would do... I'm not, I mean, I'm fine with ketchup. I don't do it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that would need to stay on mm-hmm. the hash browns. Just right? the hash browns? Yeah, just the hash browns. So you won't mix the hash browns and the eggs? Uh, not if there's ketchup in it. <sighs> If there's hot sauce, it can all get mixed together. See, I can't do hot sauce. Cheese. You don't like hot sauce at no, all? I don't like hot sauce. Golly. So no spicy foods? I like spicy food. I don't like hot sauce. Okay. It's like a peppery kind of spice, that kind of thing? Yep. yep. Chili flakes, yep. things like that. Okay. That makes sense. Um, all right. We've been talking about Tony Annan. Yep. Do you have a good story? A good Tony Annan story. Do you have what an what impersonation? I can't do a person. I can't Adam do Adam refused. He, he was like, no. Nope. I'm not doing that. I think he had just come from practice, and he was like thinking about the next time he had to go on the yeah. And Tony probably listens, so. I'm not doing that. He's like, he's like no. No chance. Yeah. You can you do could. it off air for us. I know. Could you do one? You like literally can't, or you're just not willing, which I don't blame you. I think I'm not willing. I think okay. I could try one. I think I'd butcher it pretty badly, but. That'd be the that'd be the fun in it. Yeah. We're not going to make you do it. Thank you have you. a good story though. What do you mean by good story? Like, oh, there's some funny you did that won't get you in trouble. Or you have like a, you know, every coach has like sayings or things that they do, little styles. We don't want you to have to run any more than you uh, well, than you already have to run. Before you answer that, what kind of coach is he? Like, we've heard him on here being funny and telling stories, stuff like that. When it's time to get down to business, he's like. Is he hard-nosed? Is he, what's his coaching style? <laughs> I, I don't think I would use the word funny. I would, say, I would say he comes off as a sterner coach, definitely. Like, especially when it's game time. Like, he's going to tell you what you need to hear. He's going to tell you what you need to do. But I would say off the pitch, like, as long as you're doing what he needs of you, he's, I would say, a very personable guy. That's one of the first things I noticed when I met him, too. He's really personable. Um he cares a lot about his players. So, like, as I said, I struggled a little bit in the fall, and it's getting better in the spring now. But he would have, he had a lot of meetings with me, and he makes sure to have uh, meetings with everyone. We have player meetings pretty often, and just like sit down, get a gauge of like what's going on in your life, ask you what's going on. Also, ask you just about like soccer. Let's talk about soccer. Like, what can I do to help? And he even came out a couple of times to some of the other coaches to like help me get extra sessions in, too. Just they want the best for everyone. So, it's good that even though they are hard on you, they want the best for you too. What do you feel like the biggest difference is that you're not struggling as much? Is it just kind of that natural progression of now you're not as nothing's as new anymore? Or like I would I would say a major thing is technical, and then another thing is I had lost a lot of weight from the fall to the spring, and that's just helped me be a lot quicker and a lot fitter, looser. So that's helped a lot. Are you one of the uh, you consider yourself a fast guy. I mean, obviously you've got speed because you, but just in a relative sense. I mean, I think, I think I would say I'm fast. 
I wouldn't say like I'm extremely fast. Like John SK on our team, he's the fastest person I've ever seen. But really, he, oh, yeah. Like, what could he run? Like, put it in a in a football, American football. If you <laughs> like, if he would run a forty, like a 40 time, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard him say he ran a forty and a four three, and it was lasered. I don't know if I believe that, but that's that's, a, that's, that's a bold claim. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I believe that. So don't quote me. But he he's really fast. Like. Like, if I could compare him to anyone, I would compare him to, like, Tyreek Hill, honestly, on the soccer field. Wow. May need to line up a He's race fine. between him and Eamon Worry. <laughs> and Nick Harbour. And all, Nick Harbour. All three of them. All three of them. Get you them seen Nick, have you seen Nick Harbour run? Like, you pay attention to football and I've, football I've seen a video on Instagram before. He he looks fast. I, I wouldn't say SK's faster than him. but Not from a, like, in long speed, I don't think anybody's beaten Nick Harbour. Like, anybody on campus here probably including the track team, like in, in long speed. Right. Shorter distances, you could get him. I think shorter distances, SK would have him. Yeah, yeah, because Nick's strides are so long. Like, one of his strides is like a regular human being, like 10. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not not that many, but like, I don't know, like three, two, you know, he's, he's just a, got he's such a long strides. Freak athlete. Yeah. A freak athlete. Yep. All right, Tyler, we need to take a break, and we got one more segment. Yeah, we'll come back and wrap up today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour you're on 107.5 The Game. The Extra Point with Tyler Head and Gamecock Central on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. It's the Garnet Trust Hour on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Garnet Trust Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Chris Clark along with you. Our special guest today, Damola Salami of the Gamecock men's soccer team. A couple more minutes to go here. Must say, you're very natural behind the microphone. Some people are very shy and reserved, but you got a got a good personality for this. Thank you, thank you. You, uh, some people come in here and they're like, you know, this is actually kind of cool. Maybe I'd like to do some. Radio it is cool. Day. I yeah. was thinking about. it. I was like, yeah. whoa, I didn't expect this. What are you thinking about doing? Once you, I know you want to play for a long time, but what are you thinking about doing after that? So I just switched my major to finance, and so I'm, I want to okay. be an investment banker. It's a lot of hours, but. <laughs> I think it'd be a cool job to have. That's Big what I'm off. thinking about. Go to New York, have fun. Unless you, That's nice. Unless you get rid of that idea and become a radio host. Hey man, maybe I'll be here in four years. Maybe so you'll be you here. Yeah. And you, you watch a lot of sports, obviously. Yep. Uh, yep. A lot of different sports. So you have. I feel like you watch more sports than I do. Probably. I'm kind of. <laughs> I kind of get into my like college football like that's mainly what I do. Yeah. At Gamecock Central, like college football recruiting. So I kind of get in that. Don't get to watch enough sports. Um, you mentioned that you did watch the NCAA men's and women's Final mm-hmm. Four. Uh, men's game, eh. It was okay. It, it was just all right. It wasn't ex- It wasn't that exciting. I think everyone kind of knew it was going to be a bit of a blowout. Yeah. But I thought SDSU were going to make it entertaining at the end. but They did. They cut it to, I think, five at one point. Yeah, pretty, then like stretched back out. Pretty, pretty late in the game. Now, how did your bracket do this year? <laughs> did you fill one out? So... We had, I'm pretty sure we had a game like a couple days, like the weekend before, like brackets were submitted. Mm-hmm. And so we were in math class. Me and my teammate Micah were in math class. We're like, okay, let's make our bracket real quick. Like, let's get this in. Like, because we had make, made a little group. So we go to make the bracket, and it's like no more entries are allowed. I was like, what? So then we look, and it's Thursday, and the tournament has started three minutes ago. Oh, no. And we were like, oh, my goodness. So it was the first year I didn't have a bracket. And Thank God, because I know it wouldn't have looked anything like it panned out to be. But technically, you didn't get anything wrong then. Perfect bracket. If you think of it that way, hey, perfect bracket then. I uh, 
mine was decimated really? early. I uh, for some reason don't make fun of me. I Here picked Duke to win. I was counting on them. Terrible pick. It wasn't awful. It wasn't my worst. But I was counting on them like getting hot. Mm-hmm. You know, and hey, given how the tournament went, like it's not that far fetched that they could have made it. I mean, look at look at who got knocked out, who made it. Speaking of Duke, uh, that was a school you considered a little bit or no? Yeah, it, yeah. it okay. actually came down between Duke and South Carolina. Okay. And, yep. We were talking about Duke earlier. Um, they're a pretty good program. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something that was very interesting to me. You mentioned that a lot of guys like you have come here because of Tony, but you also talked about the facilities, right. like how how great they are compared to even some programs that are like national powers, right? Yep. yep. So I would say that like, Honestly, like, so like you said, the reason I came here was Tony. So it came down, I had Duke and South Carolina were the last two that I had narrowed down. And so I had been on my visit at both and Duke was like, Duke was like, they had the more, it had more history. It was probably ahead of where we were at the time. And so it was like, okay, this is a pro, like I could go in there, maybe not play as much, but like. I'd be playing for a really good team, already well-established team, or I could come to South Carolina and help with this project that Tony's starting here. And the project and the idea of working and playing under Tony intrigued me. And yeah, like you said, the facilities here are better than any of the other facilities I visited, and it wasn't even close. I would say there's very few schools in the nation whose facilities are like ours. Wow. And we've heard that from not just you. There's been other... Adam Luckhurst mentioned that. Yeah. Um, we hear that on the women's side, too. So that that's fascinating. How close do you think y'all are as a program? Like, I look back at last season, and there was a lot of um, close calls. Mm-hmm. Like, you think about Clemson. You yeah. think about um, Kentucky, yeah. right? I mean, a lot of teams who are elite right now, and y'all are right in it with chances to win last games. I would say last season was hard for us. It's definitely not what we were expecting, um, like final record outcome wise. But I would say an important thing to like highlight of last season is that it's our coaching staff's second year. Mm-hmm. It's I'm pretty sure we brought in 18 new guys last year, including freshmen, grad transfers, and etc. So it's about gelling all those guys together. And not just gelling, because we actually have a really good locker room, but it was more about like gelling on the field, learning how each other play, learning how you the coach needs us to play. So I would say there was a lot of learning on the go, because in soccer, you only have such a small preseason before the season actually starts with the coach. So it's a lot of learning on the go, figuring out what works, which formations work. And so I would say that... We had games, like you said, that were close, like Clemson. Clemson, That Clemson game, like, we lost, but I don't think we should have lost. I think we should have won that game. I thought we were the better team. It was a great atmosphere, too, with the fans. And, like, I would say that we are getting close. We just got two more recruits in from this spring, and our team's playing a lot better. We've, I think we found a formation that fits the team and fits most of the players on our team. We're looking good. Um, we've played two professional teams this spring already. We tied both of them. Then we beat, um, I forgot, I think UNC Asheville a few weeks back, 3-0. So I think we're looking good going into the spring, I'm into the fall. I would say most of the guys are pretty excited about that and bringing in the new freshmen that are coming into it, helping them be a part of this. Yeah, and in four days on April 8th, uh, y'all play at North Florida, I think yep. in Jacksonville, right? So that'll be your final, I guess, tune-up maybe in the spring here. Yep. Then summer, then the season, y'all start right when it gets hot. 
in August. Yep. So that'll be uh, that'll be awesome. So um, for the, for anyone who hasn't been to a game out at Stone Stadium, make your Make your pitch to come on out and, and watch. Make a pitch for the pitch. Make your pitch for the pitch. I feel like I really don't even have to. I mean, we had the most fans in the nation <laughs> last year, but... There's still hey, a lot of people that have not been. And yeah. It's true. And so I would say, come on out, come down, come watch us play, get behind us, and we'll put on a good show for you. So, Last thing for you, um, you're obviously here because of Garnet Trust, which does a lot of good things in the NIL space with athletes. G- give us your quick, you know, one or two minutes of just about... Um, you know, being able to capitalize as as a collegiate athlete on NIL, you know, a couple years ago, three years ago, you couldn't have done. Right. I mean, you could have done a radio show, but you could not have done it as part of something from an NIL standpoint. Yeah, I think the NIL, the whole NIL thing is, I think it's amazing. I think that every kid growing up, like, first of all, you just want to play college. Like, you want to play your sport in college. Like, that sounds cool. But then as you get older, you start to realize, like, wow, like, I'm like when you're here it's pretty much like you're working like it's pretty much a job and so it's like you don't really have time for anything else and so like to do that and like not have any chance of any form of compensation is definitely hard especially depending on your own circumstances and background so I think that NIL is providing like athletes across the nation with an opportunity to get paid for their image and likeness I think it's a I think it's a great opportunity. Well, that'll do it for today's edition of the Garnet Trust Hour. Damola, thank you so much for joining us. We wish you and your teammates the best success this upcoming season, and we're excited to uh, follow your career going forward. Thank you so much, and thanks again for having me here. Absolutely. Coming up next is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game.